Welcome to today's show. There is a pure being living right behind your personality. What would it be like for the body, the personality, to get out of the way and to allow some space for this pure being to become primary in your life, unanchored from all the fear-driven motives and subconscious beliefs that the personality has, undisturbable from any external event around you or internal state of being. What would it be like to allow this beautiful essence, this pure being to play full out in your life, elevating your level of consciousness, your amount of joy and happiness in your beautiful life. We hope you enjoy the episode. So hi and welcome everyone. I'm excited to be here with Kristen on this February morning, which is actually really beautiful outside. It's sunny and it feels like almost like spring. It is spring-like. It's such a nice change. It is, isn't it? The sun is shining. The sky's not gray and um, just really lovely. My little doggy took a walk today in that yard too, which was really sweet. Oh. So today we're going, I'm thinking about what to talk about today. I was thinking about pulling a quote and then speaking about a quote with Kristen and with you all. And the quote that I found that sparked some interest from for me was from Michael Singer. And the quote is, what it means to live spiritually is to not participate in the struggle. It means that the events that happen in any moment belong to the moment. They don't belong to you. And this comes from the untethered self. So, so we're going to talk about what it means to live spiritually, how we could not participate in the struggle that we have been set up to participate in, and to realize that all of the things that we've been running from or not wanting to experience or wish were not occurring, or even all of the amazing, beautiful experiences, like my puppy running in the yard this morning, all the events, all the moments that are happening belong, all the events belong to the moment itself, that nothing actually belongs to the me that I that I think I am in any given moment. And to differentiate between who is it happening to? Is it happening to the 3D one that's living in the body? Or is the one that's aware of the one living in the body also just witnessing all the experiences that the one living in the body is having? And you can already begin to see how we can tease apart the struggle. And to help um, explain this a little bit better, I, I just I'm a I'm a visual person, which I don't even think I realized until this year. I'm a visual person, hmm. so like imagine there's two of you standing, but like. Right, somebody's standing right behind you. Like you're standing up and you're looking no north. And there's this other person right butted up, like literally up against you, also facing north. That front you, the the the, the you that's in front of the other you, that's the you that's attached to the psyche that's believes that moments are happening to an it an identity, a person, a persona. But the second you that's like right there, 
is always just, it's silent and it's just witnessing the you that's in front of it, having this experience and that experience, believing that all these experiences are happening to you. But the you that's behind, that's just a witness, is not a female or a male. It's not any specific race or orientation. It has no preferences for the way anything is. It's just the one that's aware of the one that's having experiences. And that one that's butted up behind you is your experiencer experiencing experiences through you. And the you that's in front is just the vehicle in which you carry the experiencer experiencing experiences, experiencing, experiencing. So (laughs) I love that, by the way. That is probably the best explanation I've ever heard um, for, you know, we always hear about the witness, the witness who's witnessing. That's so esoteric, but that visual. Yeah. That's perfection. Like oh, I can get on board with that. I just came up with it in this moment. <laughs> it's very so cool. Steady. See, that's perfect. It came right through. It did. And would you say, I might add that those two bodies are essentially, would you say that at some point there, they, and maybe you're going to get to this at some point they would merge. There would not be the separateness. And, and I would add that the further apart those two bodies are, the more uncomfortable and difficult it is for the front body to navigate. Wow. Very well. Yes. The world. Great. Yeah, absolutely. When you forget your true nature, it feels like you are separate and alone and, and it's a struggle. The interesting thing though, is when you are ready to allow the one that's standing behind you to come primary, there is a struggle. There is a, there is what feels like a struggle to the one that's used to standing in the front to allow that one to take a secondary role and to allow the one that's witnessing it all to step forward Mm. and become primary is a, can feel also like a struggle because you are taking a leap of faith into the unknown world of dissolving the identity. It's like your, your death, the egoic death. Yeah. So, and the beauty of that is, and I think this is what Michael Singer's trying to talk about in this chapter is some, the struggle is in the way we've been set up to not become the one that's experiencing all the experiencers, all the experiences as the experiencer living inside the body. Like we've been set up to not let that one become primary until some major catastrophe happens or a moment of awakening just occurs. Mm -hmm. So the struggle can certainly be when we're living so far apart from our true nature, the pure being, the vast field of consciousness, when we don't identify with that at all, we feel like life is happening to us. But even in the intermingling, finally, finally, I'm going to realize that I've always been right here. The journey's done. It's finished. I'm here. I am here. 
that the experience that brings you to that can also feel like a struggle. But on the other side of that is total liberation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see. Um, basically, it's like the issue is we have to hold it all together. So we're having this, we're, we're having, it's like a full-time job. It's a full-time task just to maintain the discipline necessary to create even a semblance of control within us because, and I'm just talking about the human self now, the personality, because we are constantly flooded with new objects, new feelings, new thoughts, new ideas, and new concepts. We're interacting with new people or different or the same people in different ways every day. We have a million things that can capture our attention at any time. That's the way we've been built to have experiences. Um, and it's like we're overwhelmed with so much information. And yet we try to like when we meet somebody, hey, you know, my name's Laura. I've got it together. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is nothing's going on. I am right here with you. <laughs> this is me. Yeah. And it's like a full-time job. So how could the one that's standing behind you waiting mm-hmm. ever have room? Mm-hmm. There's no space because you're too busy focusing on the thoughts in front of you. Yeah. In this second, yeah. and then in that second, and then in this second. So um, that's suffering. Even yeah. the act of trying to keep it all together with everything flooding the body, the personality and the brain mind, that's suffering because we could never drop into a moment of bliss or open, vast spaciousness of nothing and see what wants to come find us. Because we're so preoccupied with letting everything on the outside world get in our way and interact with all of our senses. Mm. So what happens when we're we're doing that is our consciousness. So the our consciousness, we've already forgotten that the one standing right behind us is there. And our mind's ability to focus its attention on one thing narrows in on one thing. And then that expansive field that belongs to us gets narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower. So now we're just focused on this one person at my job that gets on my last nerve, Mm. you know, or we're focused on the number on the scale, right? And the result is that we're constantly clinging to the thoughts that we think are important and are running our lives. So we clint, we're you know, we need the scale to be a certain way. We need people to behave in a specific way. We we in order for us to be happy, we need we need objects to stay in place but nothing is ever staying in place and Mm -hmm. no one is ever staying the same. And so we set ourselves up for this struggle because we have this beautiful innate ability to focus a expanded level of consciousness into this minutia of needing things to stay fixed in space and time. 
And all of our focus is on this thing in this space during this time and this location with this person and that object. And so it's one of our most primal acts, clinging, and it's completely normal. I mean, it's not like abnormal. Like, in fact, I'm almost prone to say right now, and I'm noticing I'm wanting to filter myself. Imagine a baby being born in that ethereal world, in that vast spaciousness of infinite pure awareness that has no personality, never develop a personality, we would diagnose that baby as something was wrong with it. Mm. You know, the baby can't focus on any one thing. I mean, you know, so it's like this development is normal. The clinging is normal because we've decided to come into the body as a human to have these sensory experiences. It would make sense that we were set up to have clinging. Yeah. <laughs> And then maybe part of the experience of why the baby came into existence in the first place is to learn how to uncling, to see the experiences here can set us up to have struggles. And that one of the most beautiful experiences I know I've had, and I know you've had too, is going through a deep struggle to come out on the other side free, allowing the one that's been standing in back of you to take the wheel and guide you into living a life with waves of love rushing towards you instead of trying to hold it all together. How do we even begin to unpack this? There's so much here. It's so juicy. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I can think of so many examples of that. I'm even in the midst of that right now. There's this constant, you know, when you look at things that happen in your life that have dropped you down to pure essence, Mm. you know, typical things, birth, death, terrible struggle with something going on in our lives. And the surrender is the, I see it is that back person passing through you and coming to the forefront. Mm. But it was a it was a damn fast transition, one that you might not have asked for um, or one that just like you said, just takes you aback instantly, Mm. you know, like the birth of a baby, like sitting with somebody in death. Uh, I mean, sitting with them, Mm -hmm. not necessarily clinging to the immediate loss as that front person is a different experience than sitting with somebody who's passing as the person in the back. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Love that. You know, why don't we take a moment to find out what that really is? I love what you're saying. So you're saying instead of being a person, watching a person that you love pass and clinging to the idea of that person, no longer being here and clinging to all the memories that you loved about this person and clinging to the emotions that are coursing through you that you might not be able to experience them again. What would it be like to sit as the witness, to sit as that vast space of nothingness, to be witnessing as pure awareness, another's pure awareness leave, you know, another's body move out of the way (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and just be, I, I wonder what it would be like to witness 
the passing of a body as pure consciousness, witnessing another pure consciousness ready to transition. Do you want to take a moment and do that together here and see what comes and finds us? Sure. All right, cool. So basically what we're going to do is just sit back and relax. And if you are listening at home, you can play along with us and see what comes and finds you. So just take a nice deep breath in. And as you exhale, blow your personality in the first person that's usually standing farther away from you. The identity you, the persona, the one that thinks it's a boy or a girl or a Catholic or Jewish or gay or straight. Blow that one far away. So deep breath in. And as you exhale, just lightly move that identity farther away. And now sitting, allowing the one that's usually the silent witness to become primary. Feeling into the change of state with your next inhalation. There are no problems here. There is nothing to do. You're just relaxing into being your most natural self. And imagine that you want to contemplate as pure awareness the beautiful gift of witnessing a transition for another. What's this all about? And see what might come and find you. Maybe it's something new that you've never thought of before. It's a good sign. Sitting is pure consciousness, witnessing the transition of another's pure consciousness. What is that? How beautiful. And then with your next breath, come back into your body and into this room that you're in and feel the seat underneath of you and come back into the world of the podcast. And let's see what we got. I'd love to hear if anybody got something, you know, I'm sure lots of people got amazing things. Email us. Let's let's let everybody know what this gift is really for. And okay. 
So do you want to say what you got? Yeah, I'll tell you what 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 came to me immediately is uh, my grandmother's death. Um, I was in the room with her. I was the only one in the room with her. And I actually felt her last heartbeat and breath. My hand was on her chest. Wow. So it's not a, I don't think I've shared this story before, but it was probably one of the most beautiful and pure experiences of my life. And I hadn't felt that way ever, except when my two children were born. You know, when your children are born, that process is divine. Mm. That is pure boiling down to the very, very basics of survival and essence and where the divine literally comes into the body. And the death I see, I saw as birth in reverse. And it felt the same. It Mm. felt the same. Just it, it felt like leaving the body, but birthing into pure consciousness. Like I was with her. I felt it. So it's kind of birth in reverse. That is a hard concept. And I'm not saying that a sudden death of of a of a human you're close to is anything that is oh it's so beautiful it's so right. beautiful and pure it's it's birth and reverse that you know there's there's so many there's so many ways to see it you know a natural let's call it the the beauty of a natural life cycle yeah is certainly I want to say easier to process than a sudden death or something we might perceive as a life being taken too soon or suddenly, et cetera. So, you know, what I'm saying here is, is this the, the beauty of it? And, and who's to say that even a sudden death for the individual doesn't hold some essence of beauty? Absolutely. That, that we cannot be aware of. We're not going through it. Or we are, we are left with that front body mm-hmm. dealing with the pain and suffering of having lost that human yes. body. But, There's and, connection. And in this experience, and I, what you just said was stunningly beautiful. And in this experience of that stunningly beautiful experience of a rebirth or the pureness of witnessing someone come or someone go was the same. That was beautiful. Why not begin to look and to feel into that now to uncondition ourselves away from a hard concept? Like it's only hard because it's not common or because we're not used to it, but it's, it's an in to being more present to the one that's passing. What a gift. Mm. Oh, so thank you. That was gorgeous. What I got was um, that it was a gift for both my pure awareness as well as the pure awareness that is in the other that it was a like a hey buddy hey hi it's been a while here we are like um just 
a welcoming, like, uh, like the, you're not alone when you're dying, you're not alone. And that there is the field that not only are all your loved ones waiting for you, that the field of which all the loved ones were projected upon is holding you. Mm-hmm. And as the field witnessing the energetic exchange in the field is, is an experience maybe that maybe one of like well, one of the most beautiful experiences our experiencer could experience and instead of operating from a place of thinking thoughts and feelings watching someone pass it's the experience of even coming home ourselves because we're getting a first I account witness of watching ourselves come home because we're connected, right? There's no separation, like the field of awareness that's witnessing the energy transfer in the bodies as that field of energy is removed from the body, it permeates the room and every breath, you know, that someone might take in India later today. I mean, it's, there's no separation. So it's just this beautiful witnessing of my own uh my own created self being transformed mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's beautiful i don't I, know I, go ahead you know what came to me is what if so the whole the whole concept of of death is is very triggering. It can be mm-hmm. because it it's you know I'm I'm running through deaths that I've experienced and for the most part they've been through an evolution of of a long lifespan. So um, and I'm thinking of the ones that were not. And then being present in that, in the, in the, even the ones that haven't, I don't know what it is, but I've always been able to perceive the beauty in it. Mm -hmm. Now, what if, what if I almost feel like the person that transition is in a way comforting everybody there. And what if we all God, there's, and I think people do do this, but to varying degrees, like what if the whole concept, what if we could shift the whole concept of being with each other after a death? Um, if, if everybody kind of just came together in that stillness and like, I, I just feel like people could really feel that being but but we're we're perceiving the whole death as this is the person in front. Yeah. But if we if we could stop and perceive perceive it as the person in back, how that it wouldn't together, it would entirely change the concept and experience of of somebody's death. And you're of kind death. of yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. That's that's what we just did. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were talking about. It mm-hmm. it's um I don't know. It's interesting. 
you know, my dad died at a really young age, 49 years old, and it was very traumatic for me. Of course, I was 20. And I remember being at a workshop, and I think I said this before on another podcast, but I don't know if I said this part. And I, I asked her why my father had to die that way and, and so quickly and so suddenly with there. Well, there were warning signs, but he was ignoring them. And uh, she said, because he needed to go because so you could live out your life and have a different legacy because he realized that if he stayed, he would have gotten in the way of me living out my best life. Hmm. And that, but the truth is all of my experiences with my father and most importantly, maybe even his death is what changed the legacy that I could leave behind because of the traumatic experiences that I had to go through at that at that, at that whole scene, there was like lots of ancillary stuff going around his whole death. And that experience grew me more than I could have ever been without that experience. Mm. And like his, even his leaving was his gift to me. His leaving was his gift to me. And, and so it made me the person that I am today. And if I would have instead chose to struggle with the fact that the personality of my father and the personality of me, we were so similar and so much alike and loved each other so much, but we also clashed because we were mm. so much alike. If I would have got hung up on the struggle there, and I did for a long time, I got hung up on that struggle there. Um, it causes it causes pain and suffering. But once I could view his death through the lens of spirit, through the lens of divine intervention, through the lens of possibility that was existing within his death, then I could let his death pass through me and become, I could let his, I could let his, like let all of that story of the personalities pass through me and instead connect to his essence of his pure awareness yes. and really bond there. And we have, and we have. So yeah, that's, I was going to ask you, can you be with him? Oh God. Do you yeah. sense being with him right now? Anytime you want all the time, all yeah. the time from, yeah, all the time I do. Um, although I do feel like, cause now he has been past for, um, 30 years, 31 mm. years, almost he's farther away now. I say, I would say, um, in non-local, no time, no space. He is yet feeling that there is another dimension that he's in. Like he's not as close to this dimension as he was. Um, and that's just a feeling I have. I have no idea. Dad, where are you? I don't know. Um, but it's okay because I know I know he's okay. So let's get back to clinging, right? <laughs> let's get back. <laughs> where have we been? We've been to death already. What else is there? That is, that is the great frontier. That is that is the that is fear of annihilation is the number yes. one. That is it. That's the okay. crux of every fear that's layered on top of it. That is exactly it. So 
everything that we have centered our level of consciousness on like a laser is to protect us from the death of our ego. So you're right. So that that's a perfect segue here because we just played around with like, what, well, what's real, what's death really, what's it really for? It's just an amazing, amazing, beautiful experience to experience pure rebirth, birth, divine transformation, seeing yourself in all things, total connection. And, but yet we live our whole lives going, "Ah, ah, 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 that person, you know, no, this it's Laura. I'm it's Laura that likes cappuccinos visiting with my friend on a Tuesday at Starbucks. That's my life. (laughs) And (laughs) you know, that likes her coffee hot. Um, and Laura hates Republicans. And (laughs) (laughs) we have our whole list. I don't eat Republicans though. Wait a minute. I know that's so ego. It's it's what pops (sighs) into my in my mind. You know, whenever whenever I think of any topic we could possibly talk about or any bullshit ego stuff anybody could possibly talk about. I just, you can boil it down to just, you're going to die one day. (laughs) And that stops everything, you know? Yeah. Dude, (laughs) you're going to die one Uh day. Yeah. And that's like, (sighs) that drops everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess, I guess why am I railing against not liking potatoes for dinner? Why am I, why am I hating my neighbor? Why am I bothering with all this shit? I'm going to die one day, you know, sit and contemplate that for a little bit. And all of that other stuff just doesn't matter so much, does it? So it's really this relationship we have with the fear of passing away no longer existing. And that hold is- on, because this is really important. And I just love what you just said. Everything has to do with the fear of passing away. And the antidote with the fear of passing away is to let all things pass through. Yeah. Because so if we're letting the fear of all uh, the fear of needing everything to remain the same in its place, and I've got it all together. Um, if we if we allow that facade to to go away and not replace it with a new facade yeah then we become free we become unanchored to the solidity that's not really here because we become unanchored to the false persona if we you know yeah because we realize what's important in life. Okay. So, and it is extremely, and sometimes that experience of letting it all go is extremely painful Mm -hmm. because you are meeting your mortality face-to-face, or you're meeting the death of your ego face-to-face, or you're meeting the death of a relationship face-to-face and you feel deep pain inside and you're unable to get your bearings. Um, and basically what's ex- what you're experiencing is your outside world is no longer matching your inside world, yeah. right? So something's happening outside of you that either you're just like, I can't believe this is happening, or you've done um, enough work on yourself where who you are has no, who you are on the inside is. So this is great. So as you do work on yourself, what's really happening is the first person's moving aside and the person that's standing behind is coming up to the forefront, coming up to the forefront, moving, becoming primary in the life. And so with the more you allow that, that 
that awareness to become primary and the personality just kind of dissipates and moves away, the more your outside world starts to crumble because you are different and you cannot be with struggling on the outside of you. You cannot be with poison. You can't be with poisonous foods. You can't be with poisonous people. Um, You can't be with hate or fear anymore. And so as your, as your facade that you, the personality is built up to protect your ego from death and to protect you from being afraid, you have to just face all your fears and let it just feel the feelings and meet yourself where you are. So your outside world can begin to crumble. And there's no way to get past it. It's not like you can say, I am too spiritual to experience pain. I'm not going to be with the crumble. I'm going to be with just the potential. The crumble is the potential. So sitting in the mess and in the and in the fear and letting the fear pass through you by including it and feeling it fully so that it cannot no longer get stuck in the person. It's not stuck in the secondary one that's here now that it can't get stuck. It's, it's stuck. It's, it's unstuckable. This, this aspect of ourselves is unstickable. It, it doesn't stick to anything. Um, but the one, when that one comes in primary and it's unstickable, unstickable, unstickable. When the personality comes back into play, it notices it wants to be unstickable too. And so it starts to unwind its attachments to needing things be a certain way on the outside world or needing other people to be a certain way. So it's not like they try to change someone who's toxic. You just let them go because they're perfect the way they are. They're on their own path of divinity. They're their level of awareness that's standing behind their persona is also witnessing their experiences, experiencing experiences with their, their body. But we're now like unattaching ourselves to the chaos of the troublemakers or the problems, because we know how good it feels to not be in fear anymore. Yeah. And so feeling the fear is what frees you from being in fear. I hope that made sense. It did make sense. It did make sense. I mean, we might want to boil it down a little bit because I mean, I don't know that I don't think we're selling spirituality. <laughs> well, here my <laughs> everything is gonna crumble. You gotta face your death, you're gonna die one day. It's it's like there's definitely a continuum. Mm-hmm. There is those things in life that happen that just drop us to our knees. And it's almost like it is a gift that the universe gives us. And it's like, here you are, you got to face it. And when that happens, we almost accept it because there is no other resource left within us other than mm-hmm. to dissolve and face it. Yeah. Or it could be, it could be smaller, like smaller cuts, let's say smaller cuts that we have to, to kind of go through and realize, but, but we can practice with the everyday so that when the bigger things do come, and they certainly will, that we are able to perceive it from the person in the back. Yes. Kind of fluctuate between them, skillfully move between the two. Yes. I mean, I'm just, do you, does it have to be 
Does it have to be a complete catastrophe? No, but the beauty of it being what looks like a complete catastrophe is you don't sweat the small stuff anymore at all. So your little cuts that you're talking about aren't cuts because you're aware that you're witnessing an experience being experienced by the body, but you're aware that you are not that you are the one that's aware of the one experiencing the experience. And so there's nothing to get hooked into. So you're unhookable. And so you can watch somebody playing out some poison and it doesn't move you because your true self is immovable and knows its truth. And the truth is that nothing could stick to it or attach itself. No claw could get attached into your pure essence because your pure essence is just pure. And so it's, you just, you're no longer building mental concepts of protecting yourself when someone's doing something that hurts you. There's, you're just, you're just experiencing an experience belonging to a moment and not to a you. There's this quote that we started the whole thing off with. So you are just aware that there is actually nothing nothing that that can make you really uncomfortable and you're and you're comfortable being uncomfortable you're comfortable realizing there's no solid ground to all of the constructs that you've determined who you used to be because you realize that that's not your true self yep so moment after moment just begins passing before your consciousness. The difference is now, instead of reacting to things that are happening, you're just watching it happen. You're just noticing and you see your emotions and you see your thoughts that are going through your minds, but you're, and you're not doing anything to stop it because that's resistance. And that actually brings more of what you're not wanting. You're doing nothing to control what's actually going on within you or outside of you. You're just letting life unfold moment by moment inside of you and outside of you. So you're aware, oh, my person is upset. Oh yeah, she is freaking out. And you might not talk to yourself like that, but instead it might sound like, oh my God, this hurts so bad. I'm feeling really hurt right now and I'm just going to feel it because feelings are a miracle in and of themselves, all of them. I had this aha moment last week about feelings. I was, um, I, cl- I was clinging for someone and um, this overwhelming feeling of loss and love took over my heart. And I was so aware of the moments it came and got me. I felt the shift in my state of being instantly and fell in love with my loss. I fell in love with the feeling of what it is to love and lose because I was aware of the miracle of how my body is set up to express its, it's to express feelings. Your heart expressing feelings is a miracle. And so I fell in love even with loss because I could feel loss and the gift of being gifted, feeling anything is a gift. Yeah. So see that, that, that brings us full circle into that is truly the essence of any spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. It's, it's being with, it's being able to be with because that's the opposite of 
resistance, ego, control. So the more we try to control that exogenous world, what's outside of us, the more suffering there is, the more reinforcement we get of our barriers, our tightness, our body becomes ill, our breath gets stopped. We are getting harder and harder. Yeah. So we're looking for the opposite of that. And that's the, that's the discomfort. That's learning to become uncomfortable with discomfort. The yeah. being with, what does being with mean? Yeah. And that person that's in the front that gets harder and harder and denser and denser and yeah. more matter and less energy where there is no miracle that occur can, can occur within that body. There is, there is the allowing of the secondary self to come forward and just take it all from you. The you that takes it all from you is living right underneath of you. It's you that's saving yourself. It's you that you're surrendering to. It's you that's reorganizing your thoughts and your feelings in a bigger way. It's you that you're being with. It's the real you. You're finally meeting yourself yeah. and saying, God damn, you're amazing. Thank you for all of these experiences. It is the <sighs> only thing we are looking for. And it's already right here. And it's already here. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. And so let's see here. Um, yeah. And as you realize that it's what you're seeking is seeking you, another quote, there you realize that there's the only thing holding up anything or it's just ideas because con the constructs of your mind is the only thing that was keeping you from sitting down with yourself. And, and so the, the secret, one of the secrets is not to allow events to leave impressions inside of you that causes disturbances inside of you. What, just realize you're in a disturbance and allow the energy of disturbance to run its way through the body. Don't run from it. Let it all fall apart. Don't cling. Don't keep it together. Become friends with being okay with being disturbed so that even disturbance doesn't bother you. Because when you're living here in this body, you're going to have things that disturb you. You're going to have people that die. That's going to tear you to pieces, but that now, because you are now more, intimate with your true self. That's always right here. Um, you are able to be with it in a way that's more beautiful, less solid, more expansive, pure energy. And, you know, like you said earlier, Kristen, we're, we're going to die. Why am I worried about the potatoes that I was going to have it with dinner? Like why would we let anything really cause us to, to be disturbed? But we're just this is what Michael says. You're on a planet spinning around the middle of absolutely nowhere. You came here to visit for a handful of years and then you're going to leave. How can you live all stressed out over everything? Don't do it. 
And the, the beautiful thing is when you realize you're disturbed, it's beautiful because you're aware that something new has occurred within you. Something new clicked into place because now something new is disturbing you. And so you, you're now aware that you're evolving and changing within you. So, oh, I have another disturbance. Woohoo! Because I'm going to get to work on being okay with that too. I'm yes. going to feel it, but I'm going to be okay with it too. So we can become almost undisturbable. We can be disturbed, but if you're okay with being disturbed, then in essence, you're undisturbable, you're unanchorable, you're unstickable. You are more and more living your true self. Um, and you don't need to protect you. You don't need to protect yourself anymore. Yeah. And you can stop looking for things to get you stuck because- <laughs> The more stuck you are, the more stuck you're looking to become because you're looking for things to reinforce your stuckness. Ain't that? I'm going to read another article about it. I'm going to, I'm going to find people who reinforce everything that I'm talking about, so I can validate my ego and that I'm correct. And and the, everything you're telling me right now, Laura, is so wrong because all these other people are telling me that that I should be, I should be doing this, I should be doing that you know, reinforcing all of that stuckness when it's the exact opposite is yes. essence. It's, it's what we're going for. And I just kind of went off there, but no, no, you didn't. It was beautiful because imagine surrounding yourself around with those people, beautiful drop down into their essence kind of people versus, oh my God, you're stuck too. Let me tell you my stuck story. Then you're going to tell me your story about how you're stuck. And then we can yeah. stuck And then let's put it on Facebook and let's start a support group. <laughs> let's support our stuckness where we're stuck. Yeah. And, and we're making levity of this. Yeah. Is it important to process with other humans? Sometimes it is. <laughs> yes. But look for the humans that are a little less stuck, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody a little less stuck than you, I mean, is a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. A absolutely. So um, it's about transcending beyond the facade of solidity that is non-existent and instead relaxing behind the experiences that your experiencer is experiencing because you can have a sense of more permanent peace joy and happiness. You just got to get to the other side of your psyche. And so it's becoming aware that you're the one that's witnessing the one that has a psyche. It's becoming aware of the false sense of beliefs and protections that your psyche has set up and all the ways in which it can get disturbed because it's afraid it's going to die. It's allowing all those things to be felt experiencing the death of the one that needs to worry and protect itself. And instead allow that one that's standing behind you to become more and more present to your everyday life and, and just become aware of the one that really is experiencing all of these experiences. The one that really is experiencing all the experiences is the one that's always standing behind the personality. And so you can allow that one to speak to you. It's like your own beautiful psychotherapist. You know, when your personality is experiencing darkness, your person is experiencing struggle, the essence and the pure awareness that you are says, you know, 
who is experiencing this? Who is aware of the one experiencing the darkness? Who is aware that there's darkness? Who is aware? And it's when you sit back into the seat of your consciousness, not your mind's consciousness, but the matrix and the field's consciousness. When you sit into the true seat, deeply relaxed, you can be with anything and know that you'll always be cared for. You'll always be guided. You'll always be loved. And that you could just love the one that's feeling the darkness and, and almost embrace it because you know that within the darkness, there's always light that wants to come and things never stay the same. Dark, light, good, bad, up, down, happy, sad, that everything is just an experience wanting to be experienced and why not experience them from a space of higher consciousness than from the mind of problem, hardship, struggle, stuckness, disturbance, judgment, gosh, like just letting it go and letting yourself be pulled forward while you are sitting back into the truth of who you are and letting life guide you into experiences as that deep seat of big S self and not the little person constructed in a world based of fear and protection. So we hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Everyday Awakening. How can today awaken you to the greatness that lives within? To ask a question, suggest a topic, or contact us, please email us at everydayawakeningpodcast at gmail.com. If you really like our show, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. And tell a few friends.